Abandonment to Divine Providence Chapter 2 The Divine Action Works Unceasingly for the Sanctification of Souls Section 1 The Unceasing Work of God The Divine Action, although only visible in the eyes of faith, is everywhere and always present. All creatures that exist are in the hands of God. The action of the creature can only be perceived by the senses, but faith sees in all things the action of the Creator. It believes that in Jesus Christ all things live, and that His divine operation continues to the end of time, embracing the passing moment and the smallest created atom in its hidden life and mysterious action. The action of the creature is a veil which covers the profound mysteries of the divine operation. After the resurrection, Jesus Christ took his disciples by surprise in various apparitions. He showed himself to them under various disguises, and in the act of making himself known to them, disappeared. This same Jesus, ever living, ever working, still takes by surprise those souls whose faith is weak and wavering. There is not a moment in which God does not present himself under the cover of some pain to be endured, or some consolation to be enjoyed, or of some duty to be performed. All that takes place within us, around us, or through us, contains and conceals his divine action. It is really and truly there present, but invisibly present, so that we are always surprised and do not recognize his operation until it has ceased. If we could lift the veil, and if we were attentive and watchful of God, would continually reveal himself to us. If we could see his divine action in everything that happened to us and rejoice in it. At each successive occasion, we should exclaim, It is the Lord, and we should accept every fresh circumstance as a gift of God. We should look upon creatures as feeble tools in the hands of an able workman, and should discover easily that nothing was wanting to us, and that the constant providence of God disposed him to bestow upon us at every moment whatever we required. If only we had faith, we should show good will to all creatures. We should cherish them and be interiorly grateful to them as serving by God's will for our perfection. If we live the life of faith without intermission, we should have an uninterrupted commerce with God and constant familiar intercourse with Him. What the air is for the transmission of our thoughts and words, such would be our action and suffering for those of God. They would be as the substance of His words, and in all external events we should see nothing but what was excellent and holy. This union is effected on earth by faith, in heaven by glory, and the only difference is in the method of its working. God is interrupted by faith. Without the light of faith, creation would speak to us in vain. It is a writing in cipher in which we find nothing but confusion and entangled mesh from which no one would expect to hear the voice of God. But, as Moses saw the fire of divine charity in the burning bush, so faith gives us the clue to the cipher, and reveals to us, in this mass of confusion, 
marvels of divine wisdom. Faith changes the face of the earth. By it, the heart is raised, entranced, and becomes conversant with heavenly things. Faith is our light in this life. By it, we possess the faith without seeing it. We touch what we cannot feel and see what is not evident in the senses. By it, we view the world as though it did not exist. It is the key of treasure house, the key of the abyss of the science of God. It is faith that teaches us the hollowness of created things. By it, God reveals and manifests himself in all things by faith. And veil is torn aside to reveal the eternal truth. All that we see is nothing but vanity and deceit. Truth can be found only in God. What a difference between the thoughts of God and the illusions of man. How is it that although continually warned that everything that happens in this world is but a shadow, a figure, a mystery of faith, we look at the outside only and do not perceive the enigma they contain. We fall into this trap like men without sense instead of raising our eyes to the principal source of origin of all things, in which they all have their right name and just proportions, in which everything is supernatural, divine, and sanctifying, in which all is part of the plenitude of Jesus Christ, and each circumstance is as a stone towards the construction of the heavenly Jerusalem, and all helps to build a dwelling for us in that marvelous city. We live according to what we see and feel and wonder, like madmen in a labyrinth of darkness and illusion, for want of the light of faith, which would guide us safely through it. By means of faith, we should be able to aspire after God and to live for Him alone, forsaking and going beyond mere figures. Section 2. By faith, the operation of God is recognized. The more hidden the divine operation beneath an outwardly repulsive appearance, the more visible it is to the eye of faith. The soul enlightened by faith judges of things in a very different way to those who having only the standard of the senses by which to measure them, ignore the inestimable treasure they contain. He who knows that a certain person in disguise is the king behaves towards him very differently to another who, only perceiving the ordinary man, treats him accordingly. In the same way, the soul that recognizes the will of God in every smallest event, and also in those that are most distressing and direful, receive all with an equal joy, pleasure, and respect. It throws open all its doors to receive with honor what others fear and fly from with horror. The outward appearance may be mean and contemptible, but beneath this abject garb, the heart discovers the honors and majesty of the king. The deeper the abasement of his entry in such a guise and in secret, and more does the heart become filled with love. I cannot describe what the heart feels when it accepts the divine will in such humble, poor, and mean disguises. Ah, how the sight of God, poor and humble, lodged in a stable, laying on straw, weeping and trembling, pierced the loving heart of Mary. Asked the inhabitants of Bethlehem what they thought of the child. 
You know what answer they gave, and how they would have paid court to him, had he been lodged in a palace surrounded by the state due to princes. Then ask Mary and Joseph, the Magi and the shepherds. They will tell you they found, in this extreme poverty, an indescribable tenderness, an infinite dignity worthy of the majesty of God. Faith is strengthened, increased and enriched by those things that escape the senses. The less there is to see, the more there is to believe. To adore Jesus on Tabar, to accept the will of God in extraordinary circumstances, does not indicate a faith animated by such great faith as to love the will of God in ordinary things and to adore Jesus on the cross, for faith cannot be said to be real, living faith until it is tried, and has triumphed over every effort for its destruction. War with the senses enables faith to obtain a more glorious victory, to consider God equally good in things that are petty and ordinary, as in those that are great and uncommon, is to have a faith that is not ordinary, but great and extraordinary. To be satisfied with the present moment is to delight in it, and to adore the divine will in all that has to be done or suffered, in all that succession of events that fill, as they pass, each present moment. These souls that have this disposition adore God with redoubled love and respect in each consecutive humiliating condition. Nothing can hide him from the piercing eye of faith. The louder the senses proclaim that in this or that there is no God, the more firmly do these souls clasp and embrace their bundle of myrrh. Nothing daunts them, nothing disgusts them. Mary, when the apostles fled, remained steadfast at the foot of the cross. She owned Jesus as her son when he was disfigured with wounds and covered with mud and spittle. The wounds that disfigured him made him only more lovable and adorable in her eyes. The more awful were the blasphemies uttered against him, so much the deeper became her veneration and respect. The life of faith is nothing less than the continued pursuit of God through all that disguises, disfigures, destroys, and so to say annihilates him. It is, in very truth, a reproduction of the life of Mary, who from the stable to the cross remained unutterably united to that God whom all the world misunderstood, abandoned, and persecuted. In like manner, faithful souls endure a constant succession of trials. God hides beneath veils of darkness and elusive appearances, which make his will difficult to recognize. But in spite of every obstacle, these souls follow him and love him, even to the death of the cross. They know that leaving the darkness, they must run after the light of this divine sun, which, from its rising to its setting, however dark and thick may be the clouds that obscure it, enlightens, warms, and inflames the faithful heart that bless, praise, and contemplate it during the whole circle of its mysterious course. Pursue then without ceasing, ye faithful souls, this beloved spouse, who with giant strides passes from one extremity of the heavens to the other. If you be constant and untiring, nothing will have power to hide him from you. He moves above the smallest blades of grass as above the mighty cedar. 
the grains of sand are under his feet, as well as huge mountains. Wherever you may turn, there you will find his footprints, and in following them, perseveringly, you will find him wherever you may be. Oh, what delightful peace we enjoy when we have learnt by faith to find God thus in all his creatures. Then in darkness, lum then is darkness luminous, is bitterness sweet. Faith, while showing us things as they are, changes their ugliness into beauty and their malice into virtue. Faith is the mother of sweetness, confidence, and joy. It cannot help feeling tenderness and compassion for its enemies, by whose means it is so immeasurably enriched. The greater the harshness and severity of the creature, the greater, by the operation of God, is the advantage to the soul. While the human instrument strives to do harm, the divine workman, in whose hands it is, makes use of it very malice to remove from the soul all that might be prejudicial to it. The will of God has nothing but sweetness, favors, treasures, and submissive souls. It is impossible to repose too much confidence in it, nor to abandon oneself to it too utterly. It always acts for and desires that which is most condu conducive to our perfection, provided we allow it to act. Faith does not doubt. The more faithful, uncertain, and rebellious are the senses, the louder faith cries, All is well. It is the will of God. There is nothing that the eye of faith does not penetrate, nothing that the power of faith does not overcome. It passes through the thick darkness, and no matter what clouds may gather, it goes straight to the truth, and holding to it firmly, it will never let it go. Chapter 3. How to Discover What is the Will of God The divine action places before us at every moment things of infinite value, and gives them to us according to the measure of our faith and love. If we understand how to see in each moment some manifestation of the will of God, we should find therein also all that our hearts could desire. In fact, there could be nothing more reasonable, more perfect, more divine than the will of God. Could any change of time, place, or circumstance alter or increase its infinite value? If you possess the secret of discovering it at every moment, and in everything that you possess, all that is most precious and most worthy to be desired, what is it that you desire, you who aim at perfection? Give yourself full scope. Your wishes need have no measure, no limit, however much you may desire. I can show you how to attain it, even though it be infinite. There is never a moment in which I cannot enable you to obtain all that you can desire. The present is every filled with infinite treasure. It contains more than you have capacity to hold. Faith is the measure. Believe. And it will be done to you according to the love also is to measure. The more the heart loves, the more it desires, and the more it desires, so much the more will it receive. The will of God is at each moment before us like an immense, inexhaustible ocean that no human heart can fathom. 
but none can receive from it more than he has capacity to contain. It is necessary to enlarge this capacity by faith, confidence, and love. The whole creation cannot fill the human heart, for it is greater than all that is not God. It is on a higher plane than the material creation, and for this reason nothing material can satisfy it. The divine will is a deep abyss, of which the present moment is the entrance. If you plunge into the abyss, you will find it infinitely more vast than you desire. Do not flatter anyone, nor worship your own illusions. They can neither give you anything nor receive anything from you. Receive your fullness from the will of God alone. It will not leave you empty. Adore it, put it first, before all things. Tear all disguises from the vain pretense and forsake them all going straight to the soul reality. The reign of faith is death to the senses. It is their spoliation, their destruction. The senses worship creatures. Faith adores the divine will. Destroy the idols of the senses and they will rebel and lament. But faith must triumph because the will of God is indestructible. When the senses are terrified or famished, despoiled or crushed, then it is that faith is nourished, enriched, and enlivened. Faith laughs at these calamities as a governor of an impregnable fortress laughs at the useless attacks of an impotent foe. When a soul recognizes the will of God and shows a readiness to submit to it entirely, then God gives himself to such a soul and renders it most powerful, successor under all circumstances. Thus, it experiences a great happiness in this coming of God and enjoys it the more, the more it has learnt to abandon itself at every moment to his adorable will. Section 4 the Revelations of God God reveals himself to us in a, a mysterious manner, in the most ordinary circumstances, and as truly and adorably as in the great events of history or of Holy Scripture. The written word of God is full of mystery, and no less so his word fulfilled in the events of the world. These are two sealed books of both, it can be said, the letter killeth, God is the center of faith. All that emanates from this center is hidden in the deepest mystery. This word and these events are, so to say, but feeble rays from a sun obscured by clouds. It is vain to expect to see with our mortal eyes the rays of this sun. Even the eyes of our soul are blind to God and his works. Darkness takes the place of light, ignorance of knowledge, and one neither sees nor understands. The sacred scripture is the mysterious utterance of a God yet more mysterious, and the events of the world are the obscure language of this same hidden and unknown God. They are mere drops from an ocean of midnight darkness and partake of the nature of their source. The fall of the angels and of Adam, the impiety and idolatry of man, before and after the deluge up to the time of the patriarchs who knew and related to their children the history of creation and of still recent preservation from the universal deluge 
There are indeed very obscure words of Holy Scripture that at the coming of the Messiah only a handful of men should be preserved from idolatry in the general ruin and overthrow of the faithful throughout the world. That impiety should prove always dominant, always powerful, and the small numbers of the upholding of truth should be ever persecuted and maltreated seems incredible. Consider the treatment of Jesus Christ. Think of the plagues of the apocalypse, yet these are the words of God. They are what he has revealed. He has dictated them. And the effect of these terrible mysteries, which will continue till the end of time, is still the living word, teaching us his wisdom, power, and goodness. All the events which form the world's history show forth these divine attributes. All teach the same adorable word, which cannot doubt it, although we do not see. What is meant by the existence of Turks, heretics, and all the other enemies of the church? Surely they all proclaim loudly the divine perfections. Pharaoh and the impious men who follow his example are allowed to exist only for that purpose. But assuredly, unless beheld with the eyes of faith, it would all have the exactly contrary appearance. To behold divine mysteries, it is necessary to shut the eyes to what is external and to cease to reason. You speak, Lord, to the generality of men by great public events. Every resolution is as a wave from the sea of your providence, raising storms and tempests in the minds of those who question your mysterious action. You speak also to each individual soul by the circumstances occurring at every moment of life. Instead, however, of hearing your voice in these events and receiving with awe what is obscure and mysterious in these your words, men see in them only the outward aspect of chance or the caprice of others and censure everything. They would like to add or diminish or reform and to allow themselves absolute liberty to commit any excess, the least of which would be a criminal and unheard of outrage. They respect the Holy Scriptures, however, and will not permit the addition of even a single comma. It is the word of God, say they, and is an altogether holy truth. If we cannot understand it, it is all the more wonderful, and we must give glory to God and render justice to the depths of his wisdom. All this is perfectly true. But when you read God's word from moment to moment, not written with ink on paper, but on your soul with suffering and daily actions that you have to perform, does it not merit some attention on your part? How is it that you cannot see the will of God in all this? Instead, you find fault with everything that happens. Nothing pleases you. Do you not see that you are gauging Everything by the senses and by reason, not by faith only, true standard. That when you read the word of God in sacred scripture with the eyes of faith, you do wrong to make use only of your reason in reading the word in his marvelous operations. Section 5. The Action of Jesus Christ in the Souls of Men. The divine action continues to write in the hearts of men the work begun by the Holy Scriptures, but the characters made use of in 
This writing will not be visible till the day of judgment. Jesus Christ, yesterday, today, and forever, says the Holy Apostle. From the beginning of the world, he was, as God, the first cause of the existence of souls. He has participated as men from the first instant of his incarnation. In this prerogative of his divinity, during the whole course of his life, he acts within our souls. The time that will elapse till the end of the world is but as a day, and this day abounds with his action. Jesus Christ has lived and lives still. He began from himself and will continue in his saints, and a life that will never end. O life of Jesus, comprehending and extending beyond all the centuries of time. Life affecting new operations of grace at every moment. If no one is capable of understanding all that could be written of the actual life of Jesus, all that he did and said while he was on earth, if the gospel merely outlines a few of its features, how many gospels would have to be written to record the history of all the moments of this mystical life of Jesus Christ in which miracles are multiplied to infinity and eternity. If the beginning of his natural life is so hidden, yet so fruitful, what can be said of the divine action of that life of which every age of the world is the history? The Holy Spirit has pointed out in infallible and incontestable characters some moments in the ocean of time in the sacred scripture. In them we see by what secret and mysterious ways he has brought Jesus before the world. Amidst the confusion of the races of men can be distinguished the origin, race, and genealogy of this, the firstborn. The whole of the Old Testament is but an outline of the profound mystery of this divine work. It contains only what is necessary to relate concerning the advent of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has kept all the rest hidden among the treasures of his wisdom. From this ocean of divine activity, he only allows a tiny stream to escape, and this stream, having gained its way to Jesus, is lost in the apostles and has been engulfed in the apocalypse, so that the history of this divine activity consists of the life of Jesus in the souls of just to the end of time, can only be divined by faith. As the truth of God has been made known by word of mouth, so his charity is manifested by action. The Holy Spirit continues to carry on the work of our Savior. While helping the church to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, he writes his own gospel in the hearts of the just. All their actions, every moment of their lives, are the gospel of the Holy Spirit. The souls of the saints are the paper, the sufferings and action, the ink. The Holy Spirit, with the pen of his power, writes a living gospel, but a gospel that cannot be read until it has left the press of this life and has been published in the day of eternity. O oh, great history, grand book written by the Holy Spirit in this present time. It is still in the press. There is never a day when the type is not arranged, when the ink is not applied, or the pages are not printed. We are still in the dark night of faith. The paper is blacker than the ink, and there is a great confusion in the type. It is written in characters of another world, 
and there is no understanding it except in heaven. If we could see the life of God and behold all creatures, not as they are in themselves, but as they exist in their first cause, if again we could see the life of God in all his creatures, and could understand how the divine action animates them, and impels them all to press forward by different ways to the same goal, we should realize that all has a meaning, a measure, a connection in this divine work. But how can we read a book, the characters of which are foreign to us, the letters innumerable, the type reversed, the pages blotted with ink? If the transposition of 25 letters is incomprehensible as, as sufficing for the composition of well-nigh infinite number of different volumes, each admirable of its kind, who can explain the works of God in the universe? Who can read and understand the meaning of so vast a book in which there is no letter but has its particular character and encloses in its apparent insignificance the most profound mysteries? Mysteries can neither be seen nor felt. They are objects of faith. Faith judges of their virtue and truth only by their origin. For they are so obscure in themselves that all that they show only re only serves to hide them and to blind those who judge only by reason. Teach me, divine spirit, to read in this book of life I desire to become your disciple, and like a little child to believe what I cannot understand and cannot see. Sufficient for me that it is my master who speaks. He says that he pronounces this. He arranges the letters in such a fashion. He makes himself heard in such a manner. That is enough. I decide that all is exactly as he says. I do not see the reason, but he is the infallible truth. Therefore, all that he says, all that he does is true. He groups his letters to form a word and different letters again to form another word. There may be three only or six, then no more are necessary. The fewer would destroy the sense. He who reads the thoughts of man in the only one is the only one who can bring these letters together and write the words all has meaning all has perfect sense this line ends here because he makes it do so not a comma is missing and there is no unnecessary full stop at present i believe but in the glory to come when so many mysteries will be revealed i shall see plainly what now i so little understand then what appears to me at present so intricate, so perplexing, so foolish, so inconsistent, so imaginary, will all be entrancing and will delight me eternally by the beauty, order, knowledge, wisdom, and incomprehensible wonders it will all display.